right, settle down. I'm not in the mood for your crap. KFNC, Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media Station. ESPN 97.5. This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. Touchdown! This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You're just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by Klein's Jewelry and My Bookie. Klein's Jewelry and My Bookie. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Vice camera action. Hello, world. How are we doing on this beautiful Sunday morning? Welcome in to another edition of Moneyline, Houston's newest, biggest, baddest, Fantasy football and gambling show. Yours truly, Jerry Bow, sitting next to the statistician, Josh Jordan. What's up, my friend? Hey, Jerry, how's it going, my man? I'm doing very good. It's uh, we, we got a week closer to the drafts, and I'm feeling great about all the information I got. What uh, what about you? Yeah, man, it was fun watching these preseason games, seeing the starters actually get out there and play a little bit more. Um, try and see maybe how the roles will shake out on some of these teams. So I, I thought there was a lot of good stuff to watch. And without further ado, the man behind the glass, the one that makes us sound great, the one behind the ones and twos. What's up, Cam? Stop it, Jerry. You're too kind. <laughs> I'm good, fellas. It's glad to be here. We're glad to have you on. Like I said, we're one week closer to drafts. This might be the last time we uh, talk before we get into them drafts. So we want to get out as much information as we can on this edition of Moneyline. And I think Josh and I have the remedy for that. <laughs> no doubt about it. I thought uh, we got some a little bit out of the Texans yesterday. I wanted to see a little more out of Watson just as a fan. But uh, I thought there was you know, some cool things. Hopkins actually got out there and played a little bit. You know, I was hoping Will Fuller, we'd get to see him, but it looks like he tweaked a hamstring during practice, so they, he didn't play. But, you know, good to see the offense. And you can't stop Alfred Blue. You know, that's that's the one thing that we learned. You can't stop an Alfred Blue. So uh, he got in the end zone yesterday, so that's that's good. And it was good also to see J.J. out there and get, seeing him get a little reps and getting that tackle on the first uh, on that first play from scrimmage, which he said that was real crucial. He wanted to put a body on someone. He wanted to feel the physical of the game and, very first play he got in there so that's all uh, that's great to see from him and no doubt about it I'm, I'm glad he got to play I wasn't so sure that he would you know I I was you know Joel Blank did a video for us on sports map that he didn't really think any of the starters should play anymore this preseason so and and Bill O'Brien hasn't overly played guys so I wasn't really sure if he was going to actually play him and, and he did so good for him so it was good to see them play good to see JJ in real life not cheerleading on a sideline see him playing some football and and good to see Clowney too because we haven't seen a lot of him yeah it's definitely good to see him in that last preseason game which we we think this might be the last time we see him it should be and uh everything looks good from here did anything that you saw during this preseason change your mind on anybody specifically on the Texans not really you know I kind of like Fuller as like a a flyer in the in the mid rounds but with that hamstring it 
makes me a little nervous. You know, maybe the injuries are going to continue to to be a deal for him. So, you know, maybe I moved him down a little bit. I had him queued up. I had a draft yesterday, um, and it, it didn't work out. He ended up getting picked. But I was I was really thinking about taking him, and he got picked right in front of me. So, you know, he's a guy, a, a good upside player. You know, maybe he comes through for you, has some big weeks. You know, maybe like during a bye week you start him or something like that. So, uh, you know, Fuller's a guy I'm looking at. Lamar Miller, I'm still trying to make up my mind with him. I think he's going to have to get a lot of volume to come through. Where are you with Miller right now? I'm in the same boat. I, uh, I don't, I'm probably not going to be drafting him for where he's going in drafts right now. Not because I don't like him particularly, but I don't trust him as much as I should. I... I think he's really mediocre, and I don't know what he's going to do with this offensive line, and that's what's up in the air for me as far as drafting him. I wanted to talk a little bit before we got into the actual uh, games. I wanted to explain to people about the Fantasy fantasy Football Listener Leagues. And, yeah, they've been filling up, and this is actually going to be the last week that we'll be taking entries. So uh, tell tell the people a little bit more about it, Josh. Yeah, you need to get a hold of us. You can you can reach out to us on Twitter at Moneyline975. Hit us up. Let us know why you want to be in the league. We'll bring you in. Kleins is going to provide some prizes for the winners of our leagues. So you're definitely going to want to do that. It's free to play. You can call and, and talk all the crap you want and let us know when you win each week. We want all our listeners to you know be a part of the show. Call in and uh, let us know when you do well. So if you want to join the league, definitely hit us up on Twitter at Moneyline97.5. I believe the draft is going to be a week from Tuesday, correct, at St. Arnold's Brewery. So that's going to be pretty awesome. Yes, September 4th at 7 p.m. at St. Arnold's Brewery. Um, There's still chances to get in the league, like he said. Or you can call into the show today at the HRMP listener line, 713-780-ESPN. We'll be taking calls all show long. And uh, if you call in, we'll get you entered to see if you can win some of these prizes, again, provided by our proud sponsor, Klein's Jewelry. No doubt about it. It's going to be fun, man. And we're getting close, right? I mean, it's it's football time. We actually we got some real games coming up. So like Jerry said earlier, this is probably the last week where we're really going to hammer the draft. Um, you know, kind of touch on some things we brought up last week and kind of revisit. I think we're going to talk a little more quarterbacks and tight ends this week. We really hit wide receiver hard last week. So hopefully you guys caught that. If you didn't catch it, you can always check out Moneyline 97.5 on Podcast Arena. So if, you know, any of our shows, we really broke down receivers. The week before that, we went after running back. So if you missed any of that, go check it out on Podcast Arena, and it's all there for you. Also on this edition of Moneyline, everyone's favorite segment, Mock My Mock, and that's been a pretty popular segment as it kind of explains to you what you should do if you're in certain positions. And it's basically a segment where I get to dive into his mind and ask him, why would you do this? This week, I believe he's drafting out of the 12th spot, so he uh, goes back-to-back out of the round that you know how those go. And once you get those back-to-back picks, it's good, but then you have a long way before it comes back to you. So you have to capitalize off those two rounds, and this week we'll see what uh, Josh did. Yeah, no doubt about it. You have to really think ahead because if you really want a guy and you you may feel like you're reaching for him a little bit well you might not really be because it's going to be so long until you pick again and if you don't take that guy there he'll be gone so sometimes you do if you really want a player you take him a little higher than he typically goes because he won't be there the next time you're up picking so we'll really get into that a little bit later in the show and that all goes back to value and value created when someone before you makes a bad pick that creates value for you but again don't always go by these draft boards that are pre-made and 
that's just the way that you're going to end up drafting. Have yourself a plan and know what it's going to be. Don't just draft for need. Draft for the best player available, and that's going to be big. We're going to be having a segment about just overall draft strategy and what you should do, not as far as exact picks or anything like that, but the theory behind it, what you should do leading up to draft day. On draft day, how do you prepare and how do you – take advantage of certain spots that you could take advantage on man no doubt about it and i i'll share some things from my draft yesterday it was pretty fun i got to i'm in a draft with a bunch of guys i went to high school with and man we've been in this league for years and uh, it's pretty cool because we're kind of spread all over the country now and some of my buddies they live in florida and california and everybody came in some guys i hadn't seen in seven or eight years yesterday and all for what fantasy football it you know it kind of keeps friendships alive it keeps buddies talking and it, you know, it's a really cool thing. So I'll, <laughs> I've got some good stories from some of my drafts. So I'll, I'll share some of those a little bit later in the show as well. But back to your point, what I like to do is when I know where I'm picking, I, I know which pick I have, right? And then that's where I go to my ADP list and I look and I see like what group of guys are most likely to be there when I pick. So that's something you should definitely do is go see the actual number of all your draft selections and then go to an ADP list and it gives you a feel for, all right, these are probably the guys I'm going to be choosing between, you know, when it happens. And maybe you get lucky and somebody that you didn't expect to be there is there and they fall to you. Well, then you snatch that player, of course. But you, you want to know, right, when the clock's ticking down, you don't want to just now be thinking, what do I do? You know, you want to have a plan together, you know, because we, we time ours. You know, we were on like a, I think it was a minute and a half or something like that in between picks. So, you know, you better have an idea of what you're doing before the clock's ticking down to zero. And there's always that guy that has the stickers in his hand, and he'll have, like, one on pinky and one on the middle <laughs> finger, and he's just going back and forth. You're like, man, this is two minutes. You're at about 245, and he's sitting there all the way up into the board. He'll take two stickers in his hand, and he'll put one up there and put the other one back. Just just nasty beer, beer-infested fingers all over it, just nacho <laughs> cheese all over it. And you're like, man, I guess I won't get them. <laughs> that reminds me – I. We used to do the sticker thing years ago, right? You don't see it as much anymore. But I don't know if you remember, there was a backup running back for the Bears about five or ten years ago named Adrian Peterson. <laughs> and one guy grabbed Adrian Peterson to take with his first pick, but he didn't look at what position or what team he was on. And he picked the backup Adrian Peterson from the Bears with his first-round pick. And, man, everybody was kind of freaking out because they're like, no, you, you have to keep him. You made the mistake. And, you know, and a lot of the other guys are like, oh, come on. You know, that was a... You know, an obvious mistake. We knew who, which guy he really wanted. So everybody actually ended up being cool and let him have the real Adrian Peterson in the first round. But, hey, you know, different leagues are different. Some, some leagues may not be cool like that. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I actually do want to get into a couple of stories, and one actually involves you, Cam. I was told here to ask you, and we'll get to that when we return from break because I don't know how long it'll go. I hear it's a good story, but I heard one time you gave fantasy advice for Dave Tepper. And uh, there's a story behind it. I'm not sure. We'll get back to it when we get back from break. But everyone, stay tuned. I hear this is a this is a good one. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. You want to do it on the other side? Yeah, what do you want to do? let's do it on the other side. Um, again, this number seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. If you want to get in and talk about anything, gambling, uh, ADPs, you have a draft that came up, or let's say you had a draft and you want to see how you did. We'll be hey, we're here to grade it. Yeah. You're listening to Moneyline 97.5 on ESPN. You're home for sports. 
is ESPN 97.5. We came from nothing to something. I don't try nobody with the trick. Nobody call up the gang and they come and get gang. Grab me a river, give you a tip. Bad and bullshit, bad. Cooking up the water. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Klein's Jewelry. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. Houston's best fantasy football and gambling show. In the first segment, we touched a little bit on the Texans. We uh, let you know about the Fantasy Football League that for the listeners, which is still open. You can get in at any time if you call during this show, 713-780-ESPN. Tell us why you are going to be the Moneyline champion. Again, the uh, prizes are sponsored by Klein's Jewelry. They will be giving out a ring for the winner. If it's a woman, a, a woman a listener, it's going to be a pendant. So we look forward to giving out these prizes and seeing who the best of the best is. Yeah, man, it's going to be exciting. I can't wait. We also, a little later in the show, we're going to have our, our we'll call it our ESPN 97.5 celebrity segment. It's a pick segment where each week we're going to have Lance Zerline and Fred Fowler join us and, and give a pick on some games. Some over-unders is what we've been hitting on because it's the preseason. So, you know, once we get in the regular season, we'll, we'll be picking games for that week. So this week we actually picked the over-under for the Saints win total. So a little later in the show, we'll, we'll get to that and you'll get to see where Jerry and I think the saints are going to be this year and also fred eric sandler from culture map is also participating yeah he we got him as well which i'm really excited to have eric and also holly's going to call in and give us you know her opinion as well so that's going to be fun that's going to be a later a little later in the show so you're uh, definitely going to want to check that out so before the break we uh talked about fantasy funny stories and things that have happened and why we really play this game i mean i know we get up here and we make it somewhat serious with the stats and the numbers but at the end of the day josh and i uh, we talk about how it it makes the year go by faster you know three months to the build-up you're already thinking all right my drafts and you start getting in the fantasy mode and you're thinking about training camps it makes things go by so fast and then once it starts it, it closes out the year on the highest note it's just it's more than just getting up there and picking players and playing for the little money i mean honestly i mean i don't know how much your stakes that you play for and some people like us we do play high but for the most part what are you playing 10 15 dollars a weekend whenever you do it over 16 weeks you know so it's it's for fun it's it is it's it's for the getting around each other. It's for the funny stories and it's things like that. For the stories that we're going to talk about right now, I wanted to talk about things that you remember from your fantasy career, moments that stick out to your head. And I want to start it with Cam. Tell us about this Dave Tepper story and you giving out fantasy advice. Oh man, I thought I was past this. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's three years ago. It's it's about two months into my my internship here. Uh, I was doing. Um, the afternoon show um, that that Dave was on at the time, and it was uh, I believe they had R.J. Bell on, and so <laughs> they were, <laughs> you know, they were taking fantasy football calls and whatnot. And you know, of course, whenever R.J. comes on, you know, the the listener line blows up, so sometimes people don't get their their questions answered. And so the segment ends, and there's there's a there's a caller still on hold, and Dave tells me, you know, hey, tell this guy thanks for calling, but R.J.'s done. You know, call in next week. So I tell the guy this. And right before he hangs up, he goes, well, what would you do? 
And I remember exactly. It was in it was an Antonio Gates or, or Martellus Bennett tight end starting question. And you know, I'm a big Antonio Gates fan, so I I kind of knew a little bit about what was going on. And so I'm talking to the guy, and Dave walks back in, and he's like, "Hey, he's like, who are you talking to?" And I told him, and he's like, "Oh, okay, cool, cool." Then 30 seconds later, uh, I hear my name on air, and it's you know, it's telling me to come into the studio, and I'm like, "Oh my god, like." Here's my shot. Like you know, they're about to like promote me. Like this is this is this is what I've been waiting for. Nah, it was Dave blasting me uh, on air on air for giving fantasy football <laughs> advice, basically telling me I had no idea what I was talking about. That even if I did know what I was talking about, I need to act like I don't know what I was talking about. And uh, as my punishment, uh, the 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 giveaway, I had to take the three hundredth caller, and I had to literally tell each caller, caller one, caller two. Caller three, caller four, all the way to the 300 caller while everybody is recording me, all as an intern. Are you serious? Yeah. So I went from the highest moment of my life to one of the lowest in the matter of like 10 minutes. So that that's how, that's how my fantasy football career kicked off right there. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's rough. You know, they, they give out, oh, the 100th caller, but I never figure people actually take the 100 calls, you know. They I, don't. Yeah. They don't, but I had to. But so, you had to. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, we were talking last night, and uh, a couple of years ago, I'm sure he won't care if I tell this story. I won't mention his name. So uh, we're at a sports bar doing our draft and, uh, you know, just drinking all day, right? And this was a couple of years ago when Texas played Notre Dame at the beginning of the season, and we our draft was that day. So, we, you know, we're hammered, and then my buddy wants to stay for the Texas-Notre Dame game, and we've been drafting since, like, noon, so now it's, like, 7. So we've been drinking for, like, 7 hours. <laughs> and he's drinking, like, double vodka sodas. And he has already dropped one on the ground, and it went everywhere. <laughs> the bar went and cleaned it up, and then they gave him another one. <laughs> so I'm like, wow. And so I'm trying to talk him into leaving. Like, hey, uh, I had somebody come pick me up. I had a safe ride. I'm like, hey, you know, we'll give you a ride home. You probably should get out of here because everybody else had left, and he was hammered. So he's like, no, I want to watch the Texas game. I'm like, let us at least get you an Uber. He's like, no, I'm going to stay and watch the game. So I'm like, all right, man. So we leave. And come to find out the next morning, apparently he just he got just walked out in the parking lot angry, hammered, and he found a pickup truck he didn't like very much and just started punching the side mirror on <laughs> and just started wailing on this pickup truck in the parking lot. And then I guess he got tired and crawled in the truck bed and passed out of just random truck in the middle of the parking lot. So he was woken up by the constables waking him up in this parking lot in this dude's truck bed. And uh, luckily they were very nice. They only gave him a ticket. They did not arrest him. Um, Sir, it's your pick. (laughs) So uh, anyway, the next day I had all these messages and he's asking me what happened. And I'm like, I wasn't there. You tell me what happened. He's like, man, I don't remember. I don't remember anything after you guys left. So anyway, we we told that story and and had some fun last night at at his expense a little bit. (laughs) I actually got a pretty good one. Also, we were sitting around getting saucy. You know, we're in. Between somewhere between that fifteenth and twentieth beer, your notification goes off on your phone, and it and it says that the uh, league managers changed the settings, and all of a sudden, just one guy gets up, just just belligerent, drunk, and he's like, "Do y'all see this? The commissioner changed the rules. Uh, somebody give me a ride. I'm going to fight him right now." <laughs> <laughs> We're thinking, first of all, it's about two in the morning. We've been drinking, and no one's going to drive you over there, and. 
I mean, what's going on here? So we start looking into it. I mean, he was set on going to this guy's house and fighting him <laughs> two in the morning because he had changed some settings. We uh, we told him, we're not taking you. You're on your own on this one. He's I'm going by myself. He put two beers in his pocket <laughs> and took off. Needless to say, uh, we believe he got public intoxication. <laughs> of course he and did. it never happened. So, yeah, there's funny stories all over the place, and that's what we play the game for, and those are the things that we remember. It is, and, you know, it's fun. And what I like about this league in particular, I mean, it's a keeper league, right? So it, all year you have trades because it's a keeper league, so you don't – it's not just during football season that, you know, you're texting your buddies back and forth because it's a keeper league. So you're always, you know, trying to make deals even in the off season. So if you haven't tried a keeper league, it's a fun way to go if you just want to shake it up and try something Speaking different. Speaking of keeper, there's a league that I've been in for 12 years now, and Whoa. it was never keeper. Last year was the first year. So this season will be the first time we get to keep players. And, man, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're sitting there having to stare at your roster. You know, I got Todd Gurley. Don't want to keep Todd Gurley. Obviously, don't want to keep LaShawn McCoy. The really different with this keeper league is all the players on your team are now a, a round better. Yep. So you have to be willing to say, okay, LaShawn McCoy last year was a second-round pick. I can't keep him if I'm going to keep Todd Gurley because I don't have two first-round picks. So, man, those keeper leagues, they are intense. You make a they good point. They are intense. You make a good point. Josh was in a keeper league yesterday, and I asked him, so what were your options? Tell these people the options you had. <laughs> I had a really loaded team last year, and it was a 12-team league last year, so I had to choose between Le'Veon Bell, Alvin Kamara, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, and Travis Kelsey, <laughs> so, and I could only keep three, so I, I ended up trading off uh, Michael Thomas because I was going to keep Kamara, and I figured you know maybe don't have two Saints players on the same team, so I ended up keeping Devontae Adams instead. I think he's going to be awesome this year, but yeah, that's... That's what I was looking at, and I knew I'm going to lose some good players. That's just that's what happens. But I had a good team last year. I, I had the most points in the league, so that was good. Didn't win the whole thing. Carson Wentz getting hurt really kind of torpedoed me at the end of the year. But that's something you think about, and I'm always worried when you're declaring keepers, right? Like, what if this guy gets banged up this week, and then I already decided to keep him, and you know now I'm stuck with him on my team. And you know with Le'Veon Bell, right? He's holding out. That's a little. Makes you a little nervous. It's a little risky. But I saw him do it last year. You know, he had a good year. He did kind of start a little slow last year. So I'm anticipating that might be the case this year, too. And he always uh, starts somewhat slow. The thing about these keeper leagues, it's so fun, is because you're worried about your guys all year long. You know, if you're in just a standard league where you draft every year, it's it's different when you don't really know who you own. But when you own these guys all year long, you're worried about what he did at the club on the offseason. Yeah. You're saying, don't do that. Stay home. Stay home, Zeke. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, I mean, last year was Zeke. You know, all those suspensions and you didn't know. And, you know, with Tom Brady, it happened a few years ago, too, with his suspension. And as a fantasy owner, you know, you want to know. You need to make informed decisions. And sometimes you just kind of have to roll the dice. And let me touch on Zeke a little bit while uh, while his name was brought up. Yeah. The talk this week has been uh, he's been dropping as far as ADP slightly out of that because we think of the core, that top group, as maybe four people, right, those four running backs. But then he was in there, and now people are trying to take him out, and now they're trying to slide in like the Barclays of the world and the Kamaras, and you ask yourself – is it that big of a drop off because of the injuries to the offensive line, or are we uh, are we overreacting? That's tough, right? I think with Travis Frederick, that kind of scares me. I don't. I mean, 
he's the center, and I, you know, I know Martin's a, he might be the best guard in the league. But Frederick really worries me because he may not even play the whole year, or he might be back in three weeks. We have no idea. And I think with Zeke, they're going to be stacking the box, man. I mean, they don't have any receivers or tight ends that anybody's afraid of. So Zeke's going to see a lot of attention. So that kind of worries me a little bit. What else do you have to prepare for as a defense besides him? But on the positive side, you know he's going to get volume. You know he's going to get touches. I think he's going to catch more passes this year, too. So, I mean, I still like Zeke, but it, I maybe bumped him down a, maybe one or two spots. Or maybe maybe I'd take David Johnson over him in a PPR now. Would you? It's close, right? Uh, yeah, it's close. I, I still like David Johnson uh, as one of my top picks. He might be my top overall, to be honest with you, uh, if he can go back to the year before the injury. So as far as Zeke, though, I don't want to overreact. I know what Zeke is, and I know his volume will be there. Like Josh touched on, the volume is what you're looking for. The touches will be there. And if Dallas doesn't have anything else, like people are saying, then they will rely on him. I know there's been talk about Tavon Austin getting uh, extra touches this year and stuff, but the team is around Zeke, and the more I looked at the the Cowboys schedule, I do think that he'll be getting his. Um, I don't think that this is a reason to drop him. Now, if you have like the seventh, eighth, or ninth pick, I think that's where you could take advantage of this because people are going to overreact. And if Zeke falls to you at that seventh, eighth, or ninth pick, I mean, you you won. That's value. That's the value that you're looking for. So, if you have a if your pick is already set and you know you're picking towards the end of the draft or the end of the round. Be careful because he might be there. People are overreacting. He's there. Don't don't miss the chance on Zeke. He's going to get his, and I like him. I do too. Run up there and snatch him. I mean, you know, if, if you get him with the first round pick, you're going to be happy. He's a great player. I I was considering putting him at number one this year until all this offensive line stuff kind of started going down. That worries me a little bit. So I'll still stick with you know Gurley and Bell and Johnson, but he's right there. Yeah, I mean, even if I mean we we can expect defenses to load the box. Yep. But at the same time, Hearns, Terrence Williams. I mean, really, like even if Zeke's you know average per rush is low this year, he's still going to get a ton of touches at the receiving end because Dak's going to have to have that that safety blanket. I mean, no more Jason Witten. You know, they don't really have a proven tight end now. So even as like I said, even if Zeke, you know, those touches aren't you know four and a half yards per gain. He's going to get a bunch of receptions. So there's there's really no reason to kind of steer away from him, kind of like overseeing these projections. Yeah. And as far as strength of schedule for running backs, they do have a tough one as I'm looking now. They're ranked 27th overall um, against uh, against the run of defenses. So that's something to look forward to. We're up against a break here. If you want to get in and talk about running backs or anything that you have uh, upcoming in your drafts, give us a call. The number is 713-780-ESPN. You're listening to Moneyline. For something to do this weekend, visit culturemap.com to find out everything going on in the city. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back into Moneyline. Let's talk money. This week, I want to talk about DFS and how it portray it, it relates to the totals in gambling. So, 
a stat that we look at whenever we construct these DFS lineups, we we tend to use the over-under in Vegas as a measure. So whenever a game's got a high total, say 49, 50 points, you're picturing, hey, there's going to be a quite a bit of scoring, which means there's going to be some high DFS scores. The truth is, though, that only 49% of games totaled 45 or over go over that 45. So basically, you're gambling on gambling at this point. You're gambling on saying... I hope that game goes over because if it goes over, then I get the points. But what if it doesn't? That's number one. Two, if it's that high scoring game that's predicted to be that the high total, then a lot of people are going to drift towards that. So that the ownership's going to be automatically higher on those players. Now you have to beat that aspect of the game also. 88% of quarterback ones and 78% of the, uh, the all top six uh t- t- top six scores at their position are from Vegas totals that go over. So whether the game is at 44 and it happens to go over, it doesn't matter if it was at 49 because, again, 49% of the games go over the total that's set. So don't look at the overall total, uh, the Vegas, the the total that Vegas sets out and say, hey, that's what I'm going to go with. Think of it as, does that game have a chance of actually going over? As far as running backs, 64% of the running backs that are in the top six each week, those are from games that go over the total. And as far as receivers, it's about 63. So it's real close. So again, don't look at it like, man, that that game's got a high total. That's where I'm going to stick my players from. Think of it as that 44, that's a low number. I know they're going to go over. That's where I find my value in in these DFS picks. And people, it's, it's real simple. It's easy to say, hey, they got an easy matchup against defense. The total of that NFC South, that 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 Saints, Atlanta, you you know those games are are high scoring. Yep. You know those games are high scoring. So then you go and you gravitate towards that. But the truth is that that game only has less than fifty percent chance of going over. So you're gambling on that. And again, everyone's going to be on those players. Why not take that low total, that forty three, forty four, that everyone looks at and just says ugly? Oof. Now nah, let's get past that. There's no way I'm getting somebody on a team total that's only going to be, let's say the team total is 24, 26 points. I'm going to pass. Let me go with Breeze that's predicted 30 and a half points on turf. Don't fall for that. Make sure that you look into the games that can actually surpass the totals. And this is something, we talked about this a little before the segment. We've both kind of fallen victim to that, right? Where you look at the total and you get all excited. And, you know, in theory, you You've heard, I've heard a lot of fantasy guys use that as a way that they advise people on, you know, to bet games. They're going to have big totals. But Jerry brings up a really good point. You know, it's it's not about that huge total number. It's about actually getting to the total. So, you know, you can't get those points if they don't score them. Yeah. So I, I think it's a, a really good lesson there. So, you know, I learned something too right there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this going forward this year. Yeah. So, again, 88% of those quarterbacks that end up as the top six come from games that actually surpass the total. Not games that are just set at a total uh, at a high number. So keep that in mind. And then one more thing that I wanted to touch on as far as DFS before we get off of it. Last week we talked uh, we talked about the quarterback receiver stacks and stacking them with the opposing team. Something that everyone talks about game script and negative in a way is whenever a team has a real good defense and then they say, well, then the passing game is going to hurt because if they got a real good defense, they, it's it's liable they have the lead. If they have the lead, they're going to lean on the run. But if you have a good defense, what does it do for a running back? So if you stack your running back with a defense, using that thought, out of the 10 teams last year that led the team in takeaways, all of them had winning records but Tampa. 
okay? Out of those teams, Jacksonville, Buffalo, Minnesota, Carolina, Dallas, Philly, Baltimore, Denver, Houston, okay? Jacksonville led the way with 33 rushes a game. Their defense was top 12 performance 11 weeks. Buffalo, nine weeks. Minnesota, seven weeks. So that just goes to tell you these teams with these really, really good defenses, they have the highest rushes per game, which leads to top 12 performances. So if you know a team's got good defense, you compare them with that running back, knowing that he's going to get uh, a lot of rushes, and that's where you get those top those de- def- defense ones. I'm with you, and that's why I love Leonard Fournette this year. I just think they're just going to use him. They're going to use him until he can't go anymore because their defense is great. They can run the ball. You know, you don't want to overexpose Blake Bortles, so you're – you're going to try and do a little play action. You're going to give the ball to Leonard Fournette. So I, he, to me, he is fantasy money in the bank as long as he's healthy. And I know the ankle was kind of a deal for him last year and even a little bit in college. But I think that uh, Fournette's definitely a guy. And, to, you know, if the Cowboys' defense is decent this year, you know, Zeke will be in a, a similar manner. They're going to use him a lot, too. Speaking of Jacksonville, some big news came out yesterday. And we need to talk about this injury Let's go around the league. Around the NFL. What's happening? One of the things that stood out out of this week three of the preseason was the injury that we saw of Marcus Lee. What do you? Uh, what is your thoughts about it, Josh? I mean, it didn't look good. They had to cart him off. I think it's a knee. He might be out for the year. And, you know, I used Marquise Lee kind of down the stretch last year as a flex. He was was actually kind of coming through for me at the end of the year last year. So now you're going to have to – is it, you know, D.D. Westbrook, uh, Dylan – who's the other receiver over there, Cole? Um, Yeah. They brought in Moncrief. Yeah, Moncrief came over from the Colts. I can't say I'm excited about any of these guys because – I mean, it's a Blake Bortles passing offense, and I know Blake Bortles takes a bad rap, and we were hitting on this a little bit earlier. For fantasy, he's actually pretty decent. So, you know, it wouldn't be crazy to maybe grab a receiver, you know, just as a flyer from Jacksonville, but you're not going to feel good. Like, hey, I'm starting D.D. Westbrook this week. Like, that's going to win me my league. Like, you're not going to feel good about that. But back to Bortles, he is a guy that, man, he you can get him for nothing. You know, he, he's not even getting drafted in a lot of leagues. And, you know, we're looking at the stats. He's actually a top 10 fantasy quarterback by the numbers. And we're laughing about it because Bortles, is he's like that guy that you put him in your lineup, but don't watch the game. You know, like you're going to sit there and just be angry and you're going to watch some of the worst quarterback play and you're going to be so mad you started him for the first three quarters and then he'll pull two touchdowns out of his butt, you know, in the fourth quarter and he'll end up having, you know, get you 20 points. You know, it's just one of those things with Bortles. It's ugly to watch, but, you know, if you're in a pinch, don't be afraid to start him. I, I've had him three years in a row, and for two years, he would always get the garbage time fantasy points. Yes. And last year, because they were able to use him consistently because of the run game and you didn't have to overuse him, he was still the guy that, even though, you, like you said, very boring, and if you're a Jacksonville fan, you probably hate him, but he's <laughs> the guy that's going to get you 200 passing yards. He's capable of getting 50 rushing yards. There's a good chance he's going to get a rushing touchdown, you know, a touchdown and a half passing. So as... Ugly as his game is, he is a very consistent fantasy quarterback. So don't sleep on Blake. Yep. And that three-year sample size, if we look at it overall, he scored the seventh most points as a quarterback, fantasy points in that time. And that's over people 
with like Rivers, that's also okay. In 48 games, you have Rivers, the Matt Ryans of the world, Alex Smith, Ben Roethlisberger's. I mean, that's what Blake is. He's you you hold your nose and you put him in and you go do something else. You don't watch the game. And when you come back, you'll have those hopefully 17, 18, 19 points. And, and that's just fine because you didn't spend that much on Blake Bortles to get him. That's all you're looking for out of him. And you make a great point. These last three years from 15, 16, and 17 season, he's been the seventh overall right behind the Matt Staff, uh, Matt Staffords of the world. And if you, I mean, if somebody comes up to you at a bar with that trivia and who, who has more points, Rivers or Bortles in the last three years, it's going to be Rivers in most people's eyes and that's far from the truth well I mean we love players we love running backs that are they're dual threats they can run the ball and they can catch the ball with Blake Bortles people forget about quarterbacks is that they still get fantasy points for rushing the ball and so 50 yards might not seem a lot but that's five points in most leagues and so you know he's not going to light up with 350 passing yards so you're able to maneuver with him because you know 200 passing yards isn't a whole lot, but when you have 50 rushing yards, that's five points right there. You don't need the guy going off for 300 passing yards. No, that's a good point, and that's where guys like Stafford get you almost you know, nothing. Rivers gets you nothing from a rushing perspective. You know, Bortles is a guy that can take off, and Man, it was that playoff game. He ran a lot, you yeah, know. So, sure. so when he has to use his legs, he will. So, you know, we're not going to sit here and, and talk about Blake Bortles all day, but I thought we should discuss, like, he's not – you know, the the laughing stock that most people think he is. He's a better fantasy quarterback than he is a real NFL quarterback. Yeah, he was a QB 13 last year in, in standard scoring, and that's that's way better than what he's going being drafted at. And what holds him back was during that three-time, uh, three-year span, he has 79 passing touchdowns, but what kills him is those 47 interceptions, which also it leads the, it leads all quarterbacks. And let's not just pat him on the back too much. But last year, we saw what he can do if he doesn't have to play from behind and he's not chasing. That's that 21-13 to 13, uh, p- uh, touchdown-to-interception uh, ratio. And if he can do that while leaning back to Fournette, like we talked about, and I think that was a big deal with it, the run game, the, the defense keeping him in it, and that's what he needs not to have to be worried about winning the games but not losing them no, no doubt about it so just somebody to keep in mind if you're in a deep league and you really want to wait on quarterback you know Bortles might be somebody that you can take and you know give him a shot and give us a shot as far as these fantasy football listener leagues we're trying to get them filled again the number is 713-780-ESPN we see Jacob I'll get you on the other side we're going to take a break you're listening to ESPN uh, Moneyline on ESPN 97.5 Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. ESPN975.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, where we look to light up scoreboards in the fantasy world. And speaking of lighting up, let me introduce you to our proud new sponsor, Sky Wonder Pyrotechnics. They specialize in fire and safety and as far as events. On the event side, Have you ever thought about having fireworks at your wedding, at a gender reveal? 
They do football games, national anthems. If you've seen, if you've been down at Galveston, they've been the ones that lit up the sky. Sky Wonder Pyrotechnics. Reach out to my man Nick. He will give you a good price on going extra. You ever wanted to be extra and figured, what can I do this wedding? What can I do with this wedding to impress the people instead of just doing the the photo booth and just the, the vanilla things, you know, the, the standard. Why not go all out and get fireworks? Let Nick and his team come on out and give your party the boom it needs. They do anniversaries, surprise engagements, retirement parties. They, uh, they got stage effects. Sky is the limit with Sky Wonder Pyrotechnics. Give Nick a call. The number is 281-393-2500. That's 281 281- Three nine three two five zero zero, and don't forget to mention ESPN ninety seven five or Moneyline, and make sure that they put you on their priority list. That's one more time. It's call Nick at Sky Wonder Pyrotechnics two eight one three nine three two five zero zero, and we're so glad to have him on as a sponsor to the show. No doubt about it. All right, uh, Jerry, I did kind of want to bring up some of these fantasy rankings on Sports Map. Uh, AJ Hoffman put together his fantasy tiers. And Lance Zerline kind of put a top 10 at each position. So, I mean, these guys know what they're talking about. So, I'd, you want to let's see what, where they have everybody. So, let's pull that up. I'm going to pull up Lance's first because it's really just like a top 10 for him at each position. So, it, it should be pretty quick to get through. Uh, as I'm looking at his top 10 receivers, nothing really looks all that strange to me. Antonio Brown, Hopkins, Beckham. Um, the first thing I do notice, though, is he has Devontae Adams in the four spot in front of Michael Thomas, in front of Julio Jones, and in front of A.J. Green as well. I'm actually kind of with Lance on this. I'm I'm all in on Devontae Adams. I, I kept him over Michael Thomas in my keeper league. I've been taking Adams any chance I get him. I think he's going to have a really big year. Um, but some people would say Julio Jones would probably be in front of him. Where are you at on that? Last year, Julio Jones was a... Uh... It was a weird year, to say the least, with that amount of yards and only three touchdowns, I believe it was. Yeah. That's what hurts. It's never been done like that. It was over 1,400 yards and three touchdowns. The law of average says that he will get back to where he was. He usually, I mean, he's not always a big red zone guy anyways as far as the touchdown. Does he get targets? Yes. People don't realize that he had the same amount of red zone targets. I think it was, believe it was 20 as Antonio Brown, which was seventh in the league last year. He gets them. He just, for whatever reason, and we remember the, 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 the play that we last saw from them that eliminated them. It was that pass to Julio that he didn't, couldn't get down in yeah. the end zone. And that's just a problem that he's always had as far. Imagine if he can get DeAndre Hopkins type touchdown production at 12, 13 and Add on to those 1,400 yards, he'd be a monster. He'd, he'd be Antonio Brown. Yeah. So I like Julio Jones to bounce back, and a lot of people, not even exactly bounce back because he was up there, but as far as cementing himself back up there, DeAndre Hopkins has gone up in the rankings, and a lot of people have him second, but uh, I'm I'm skeptical of dropping Julio. I see, I see that Lance has him at six, and I would have to put him before Adams and Michael Thomas. And it's funny with – the thing with Julio last year that if you owned him, you, you noticed this. He was really inconsistent. You know, he got a huge chunk of his fantasy production in just a few games. You know, so there's a lot of games where he kind of killed you. And then there's some where, you know, he won you your week. So he was just a guy, and with any one year week without scoring a lot of touchdowns, he just got a ton of yards and catches. So he's he's just a guy that you hope that that doesn't carry over this year, that he's a little more consistent because – 
looking at somebody's stats at the end of the year can be a little misleading because it's a week to week game. It, you know, it's not you don't get judged unless you're in a, a roto league for how many points the guy has at the end of the year. You need him to consistently, you know, give you a shot every week. So I think with Julio, he, he was missing that a little bit last year. And then I look at AJ Green right under him. For me, I just kind of thought he quit on the Bengals a little bit at the end of last year. They weren't in it. The games really didn't matter that much. And, man, he's been in Cincinnati forever, and I think he's 30 now. So he's he's been there for a while, and I think that kind of – that losing kind of oozes into you a little bit. And, you know, when it's week 16 and it's your fantasy Super Bowl – you know, you want AJ Green to go out there and get you 100 yards and a touchdown, not quit on his routes. <laughs> so, you know, he's a guy that I worry about a little bit, just kind of where his head will be at at the end of the year. So I'm a little nervous about him. So I have no problem with Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas being in front of AJ Green. Where are, you, where are you with AJ? Are you cool with that? I feel the same as well as far as the AJ thing. And I might even have Keenan Allen touching around that area also. Me as, too. As Keenan Allen, he, uh, when he's in there and he's healthy, he's all everything you need out of a wide receiver one. So this year, if I had to name it, I would go Brown, Hopkins, Beckham, Jones, Thomas, Adam, Adams, Allen, and then Green. That's how I would have it. But those from that four to eight range is where you'll you'll make your money. And that's where people can uh, make mistakes and Let's not forget who A.J. Green really is, and he'll have those moments, those two touchdowns for 160 yards. And like with, like you said with Julio, three touchdowns the whole year. Two of them came in that Week 12 versus Tampa where he had like 220-something yards, two touchdowns. So he only had one other touchdown the whole yeah. year. And if you look at his, uh, his stats, his box scores, 60 yards, 65 yards on some of them, and – it's alarming. It's alarming. And then I could see why somebody would be scared and drop him back. I really can. Yeah, me too. And I think that's where it gets a little tricky at receiver is when you're getting to the Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, that that kind of tier, that's when I, I start getting not nearly as excited. With Keenan Allen, to your point, he might have the most catches in the league this year. I mean, he, he really might. You know, in a PPR, he if he's healthy, he's going to catch probably 110, 120 balls this year. I just... I got a feeling, man. That's what he does. He's a great possession receiver. And now you got Mike Williams to give him a little more help over there. So, you know, the, if you've noticed, the Chargers are really a kind of a sexy pick this year. Everybody's kind of on them to, to have a breakout year. I know they've had some injuries on the defensive side of the ball, but, you know, they really are kind of up and comers this year. And we'll see if Antonio Gates ends up signing. I'm not really sure at this point. You know, we know Hunter Henry went down quite some time ago and everybody's expecting Antonio Gates just didn't want to participate in training camp so they're just waiting to add him but I still haven't seen that happen and speaking of tight ends let's we said we were going to talk more tight ends this week so let's do that this is Lance's top 10 at tight end and no big surprise he's got Gronk at number one he's got Kelsey at number two Zach Ertz at number three I think almost every set of rankings you're seeing this year is pretty much those three guys at the top where it gets kind of interesting with Lance's is he's got Jimmy Graham at number four. And I've heard he looks a little faster and a little better this year. And Aaron Rodgers made a comment that Seattle just didn't use him enough in the middle of the field. So I'm going to look for Aaron Rodgers to, I don't know, maybe bring Jimmy Graham back to being one of those elite tight ends. If he plays all year with Rodgers, he's going to put up numbers. He had 10 touchdowns in yeah. 2017 on 57 catches, 520 yards. As far as those numbers, you expect a little bit more out of Jimmy. 
I think we've been waiting for this moment. You know, we've we've thought we saw what he was. We saw what he could be. And for a while there, remember, it used to go, who am I going to get, Gronk or, or Jimmy? You know what I mean? Yeah. For a little bit there. And then Gronk ultimately cemented himself as, as on the, being on another level. But last year we saw what he could be. Now he will be 32 in November. And that when, when Jimmy, he used to get those jump balls, his athletic superior, you just being superior, uh, the superior athletic person was what won him those touchdowns just throw the jump ball up there he's going to come down with it at this age after the patellar tendon you know tearing it is he still that same guy i I don't know but with aaron Rodgers, i mean does he really even have to be open you know what i mean just (laughs) you know let him kind of body the guy and and put it in a place where only jimmy can catch it and who's better at placing a football than aaron Rodgers? i mean the guy's incredible so i I think easily double-digit touchdowns It's the expectation, I would think, with Jimmy this year. And, yeah, he's going to be a little touchdown dependent, but what tight ends aren't? I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the position. So, you know, I think you roll the dice on Jimmy. Really, it's just kind of the age, and like you said, maybe he's slowing down a little bit. That's what would worry me more than anything. I think playing with Aaron Rodgers, you got to like that. When did Jimmy have his best years? New Orleans with Drew Brees, who throws the ball, doesn't really run. They didn't really have a run game. Then he goes to Seattle, where they have a run game, and Russell Wilson can scramble. Now he's in Green Bay where they have zero run game, and Aaron Rodgers can scramble but doesn't really. So this is the per- for me, I think this is the perfect situation for Jimmy Graham because he's going back to a pass-heavy offense where there's no run game to support it. So, And like you said, he's a massive human being. Yes. And Devontae Adams is not so much a massive human being. So at four, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes top three as far as production. No, me neither. Um, you know, I I think there's a lot to like about Jimmy this year. So, and you don't have to take him that early, which is nice. You know, uh, I think we should. You want to get to this call here? Yeah, let's get to this call. Jacob, what's going on? Hello? Hey, Jacob, what's going on, man? Hey, so I've got a Dynasty League question. Um, I've got four spots to fill. I've got Deshaun Watson, Michael Thomas, uh, Jarek McKinnon. And my fourth spot, I'm a big Texas fan. I had Will Will Fuller plugged in there. Um, all these guys are real cheap. It's be easy for me to keep them. But I've got Alex Collins as well. And I've been doing a few drafts realizing that there's not a whole lot of running backs out there after, you know, really after your first eight to ten, it gets kind of sketchy in there. And, uh, and so I'm thinking about pulling Will Fuller out, especially with this you know, maybe has a minor injury recently and putting in Alex Collins. What do you think about that? I would do that for sure. Get Will Fuller out there quick, fast, and in a hurry. If you really want him, you'll be able to get him later on down the line. And also, I'm not sure what pick you have, but whenever you have these uh, dynasties and sometimes you're stuck with or keep one guy or another, you have to think the bigger picture and say, if I pass him up, I know my pick Sayer, ninth or tenth. He he's probably going to be there anyway. So let me go ahead and gamble. Let me stick to what I know probably won't be there, and I'll get them later on. But as far as Will Fuller, yeah, his uh that touchdown rate that he had last year, I think it uh, falls down drastically. Yeah, I think uh, he's just a. There's a lot of boomer bust receivers you can take in the mid to late rounds. It doesn't have to be Will Fuller. So, but Collins, I mean, I think he's going to be the guy for Baltimore, and they they don't have a bad offensive line, and you sure don't want Flacco to come out there and 
try and throw you to victory every week. So Collins should get some volume for sure. I, I'd go that route. Speaking of Collins, I mean, this is a guy when he took over as the primary ball carrier in Baltimore, he averaged, I think it was like 19 rushes a game and four receptions. So he's going into the season as the primary ball carrier. I'd love him as, as like a seventh or eighth round pick because that's pretty much where he's fallen. So that's a major steal right there. Yeah, and if you have any other questions like Jacob had, we'd be glad to answer them. We're up against our last break of the first hour. You're listening to Moneyline on 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline97.5. 